Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, it's Matt here. Thanks for being with us today. Before we get going, I want to tell you about something that we would love your help on. Think about this. There's age verification to get alcohol, to get cigarettes, and hey, even to get into certain movies and movie theaters. But on porn sites, there is no age verification, and the porn industry uses this to their advantage by targeting kids. We're pushing right now to get 100,000 signatures on petitions in the USA and Canada to demand age verification on every porn site in our countries. This will likely draw media attention and give the movement more leverage when the bill is submitted to the government. It'll take probably up to two minutes out of your day to sign, and you can do so at restoredministries.ca. Once you sign, we would love it if you would take time to share the link on your social media and with as many friends as possible. Also, we're coming up to the end of the year, and we would be so honored if you would take time to pray and consider making a year-end donation to our ministries. This podcast is 100% donor-funded. Almost all of what Braden and I do in our ministries independently with Family Life Canada and with Restored Ministries is also funded by donors. And so we're able to do what we do because of generous donors, but we're also able to expand our reach and come up with more resources when funding comes in. And so every dollar that you would contribute would go to this cause, to strengthening marriages, to helping men and women in the church get free from pornography and be as healthy as possible. To donate, you can go to our website, purevictorypodcast.com, and a tax receipt will be mailed to you in the new year. It would mean so much to us. Thanks for being part of our tribe. Now, let's get to the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. We hope that you're keeping well, you're keeping safe and healthy. Today, we're excited to have an amazing guest with us, and we're talking about parents. The awareness that, as parents, we need to have uh, regarding our kids and pornography 
how we can help them, how we can protect them, and how we can protect our families. So Marilyn Evans is the mother of five boys. That's a big family, Marilyn. <laughs> um, and she's also the founder of Parents Aware. And this is a great um, website, resources, ministry geared towards giving information, giving resources to parents. And that's parentsaware.info. So please check out that website. She's also a podcaster, Media Savvy Moms. We would highly recommend that you check out this podcast and plug into it because it's great. It uh, breaks down so much about what it means for us as parents to engage with this topic and help our kids. So Marilyn, hello. thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. And we just want to get going on, on learning a little bit about who you are. So if you'd be willing to just share uh, um, who you are, your story a little bit and, and why you do what you do. Absolutely. A lot of people ask me that. And I have five kids, as you said, and the oldest is mid late 20s now. And so my kids grew up as the internet grew. And really, I had no understanding as a parent, uh, the challenges that my kids were facing growing up in this media saturated world. And uh then I discovered what kind of challenges that they were facing. And I had always talked to, well, I had always thought that I'd talked to my kids about pornography and the harms of pornography. I was aware of the harms of pornography, but I had no idea how easily targeted our kids are today and how vulnerable every child is. And as I started to hear the conversations of parents around me, I knew that we weren't getting it, that my generation of parents just wasn't getting it. We didn't know how to have the conversation. We didn't really know the extent of the issue. We were afraid to talk about it. It was a taboo subject. And I started looking for answers. And I, I couldn't find answers related to kids and parenting and pornography. Everything I found was adults and pornography. So I discovered um, an organization that was talking to millennials, uh, Fight the New Drug. And I heard the founder, one of the co-founders of that say, every person that writes to them has struggled from the time that they were kids. And I was like, well, wait a second. Okay, so I got to do something about this. Where's the information for parents talking to kids? And I, I honestly thought I would go to my neighborhood and I would find that organization. And I would say, here I am. I'm ready to volunteer. I know exactly what you need. Let me help you. And I went searching and it wasn't there. So I, I... I just knew what I had gone through trying to talk to my kids. And because I have five of them, I was like somewhere along the line it shifted. And I said, I had to do this differently. And if I could change from being afraid to talk to my kids about pornography and healthy sexuality, and now have open conversations, then why can't I share that with other people? So I founded Parents Aware. And that's what we do. We have honest, open conversations and we make it easy to talk to kids about really tricky topics. I love it. I love that you do what you do. You're a forerunner in this area and you saw something missing really where there wasn't help for parents. And so you took charge and developed resources and you do webinars and workshops. And I know you've had a great impact. So in dealing with parents and talking to parents, 
How aware do you find that parents are of the growing problem of porn that might be going on under their own roof? That's a great question. I think that there's an awareness, a growing awareness of the problem of pornography. But translating that to this is my problem in my family with my kids, that's where I still find there's an obstacle. Some days I think, well, why am I doing this? Like for sure, surely this information is out there. I I must be redundant. And then I have a conversation and I realize, no, this is still so needed. Uh, very Not still so needed, just very much needed. And, and I don't say that with any judgment. Like it's, it's not something we've done in past generations. It's not an obvious step for parents to take. We have these beautiful children. We love them and we see their potential and we cannot imagine anything as harmful as pornography being a part of their life. And so I don't say it with judgment. I just, it's the reality and we have to make the connection that this is, this applies to every child. Right. And with that understanding, Marilyn, what would a parent need to know about pornography to help them have a better awareness of this issue? Like, what are some things that they need to know? Because sometimes as parents, we just may not know. So the first thing I would say, oh, where do I start? <laughs> the first thing is the access is is anywhere kids have um Anywhere kids are on a digital device, that's where the access is. So if they're on YouTube, if they're on a video game, if they have chat access, you may not be intending them to be using the internet. I've had games that I've played with my kids that I've downloaded the app, and I had no idea that in that app there's access to YouTube videos. And once you have access to YouTube videos, you have access to the entire internet. It just opens the door. It's a portal. It becomes a search engine. And the ways that kids find these things are are just I, I so numerous to to mention, but I will I'm going to tell you a story of uh my my niece I gave her a book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior. You, you might know the book, um, but it's designed for three to five-year-olds. She got the book from me and said, thank you very much, Aunt Marilyn. I really appreciate that. I can't not imagine using it, but I admire my aunt. <laughs> so I'm going to read it to my kids. I believe her oldest was five at the time. And he asked to use the laptop or the iPad to search up Hot Wheels videos. She said they have very limited tech. Like they're not a tech family. They limit the amount of tech in their home. He was mistyping whatever he put into the search engine. And she said the most horrific pornography popped up on the screen, stuff that I couldn't imagine this five-year-old is being exposed to with his mother in the same room. That's how easily children are exposed. And she was so grateful. She said, Marilyn, because we had prepared him, he said to me, mommy, it's okay. 
I know what to do because in that book it says, turn, run, tell. So he went immediately and told his mom what was going on. And he knew how to get those ideas out of his head. His story's not done. He still has to grow up and he still has to face the challenges of every other kid. But I, I hope that gives you an idea. I hope that gives listeners an idea of how easily kids are exposed to pornography. Yeah, it's amazing, eh? Porn can be found through any app. I know people who have found porn through apps that I never would have imagined would lead them to the internet, but there's always a way. And the other thing is that porn producers are very smart. I mean, maybe they're not moral, but they're very smart. They know how to attach those misspelled words, like you're saying, like Hot Wheels or even gummy bears or different words that kids would use and misspell as keywords and tags to their videos so that kids get hooked and they become lifelong consumers. And so these producers and directors, they know what they're doing in targeting these kids. And it's so sad. And we've got to be aware. We actually shared good pictures, bad pictures with a family in our life. And the parents were kind of like most parents, I think, not sure if their kids were young enough or old enough to have this talk. And it was such good timing that they did because their nine-year-old saw porn about a month after, I think it was about a month or two months after they started going through good pictures, bad pictures with their boys. And it was like you were saying with the five-year-old, the nine-year-old in our life, he knew what to do. And so now he's very open with his parents about porn and, and about temptation. And so good pictures, bad pictures is such a good place to start for parents in talking to their kids about pornography. Do you find though that parents are better at talking to their sons or more uh, even urgent sometimes in talking to their sons than daughters since often we think of it as more of a boy's issue even though more and more girls are getting hooked on porn? Uh, yes, I have heard that. I've heard that it's a, it's a boy's issue. Um, I've had parents say that, well, and and because that's what they've experienced in their home, that it has been a boy's issue. We are very diligent about addressing it as an issue impacting all kids. We have had guests on our, our, our podcast, the Media Savvy Moms podcast of women who have struggled with, with pornography and had a difficult time overcoming it just as any boy would. But whether they struggle with what we might call an addiction or a compulsion to use pornography, uh, impacting girls and boys no matter what. There's, they're getting messages, they're getting scripts learning what they think is an appropriate relationship. They they are told by porn and porn culture how to act with one another and what the expectations are. And so when a girl, as young as eight years old, as you said, has been introduced to porn or pornographic content or maybe, you know, other media that is teaching them this is what's expected of them. And when boys are growing up with pornographic content and pornographic scripts, and they think that this is how they're to treat girls. And we as parents say, well, why would they think that? Like, it's pretty obvious. It's just, it's so compelling. And they don't have another script to follow. We don't talk to them about sex very much. And so they don't know but this isn't what's real. I love you touching on that because my next question kind of leads into that. Um, but what does porn to a child, what does it do to them? I know you talked about kind of the cultural societal understandings of intimacy and sex, 
But what does porn do to a little kid when they see it? Because I think as parents, we sometimes we think that porn equals sex and it has to do with the sex thing. But I mean, we talked about a lot, me and Matt, that that's not the case. But what, is it, what does it do to a little boy or little girl when they see porn? It could do a lot of different things. I mean, there could be a lot of different reactions. But what we know from study and research is that the adolescent or the child brain is very vulnerable to information. I like to think of it when you're, when you're a little kid, you're gathering as much information about the world around you as you can. So when you're a child and you see this pornography, you're just gathering the information. You're like, you, you may not act out on it right away, but that information gets stored. And so it can trigger feelings even in a child. And then when they get older, and I just interviewed a young man the other day, and he said as soon as he hit double digits, he had seen porn when he was younger and just kind of, you know, stored that information. But as soon as he hit double digits, that's when the curiosity flared up. So as soon as he went to started feeling awkward at school and started feeling like he didn't quite fit in, then he he went looking for the porn. It wasn't just accidental then. It, it was curiosity. And then it becomes more than curiosity. So that's when it gets really, really concerning for young people is that then that becomes something that is is laid down in their in their cognitive development. Like they're starting to lay down a desire for more porn. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, sometimes people say that porn use is just a symptom of a deeper issue. Um, maybe somebody is going through a hard time in life and they go to porn for comfort or somebody doesn't know how to handle emotions. And so when they feel emotional, they go to porn just for an escape. And that's true, but it's not always true at the start. A lot of times at the start, just a boy or a girl sees porn and they're enticed by it and they're excited by it. And so that just becomes something that's implanted in their young brain that's not fully developed and they have no no um, ability to to comprehend or handle what they're looking at. Now that's the thing that's exciting to them. And so when they grow older and life gets harder, maybe they get bullied or maybe they just feel lonely in school, they're not doing well, maybe they go into work and things don't go well at work or they're single for a long time and they want to be married. Um, they, they go through the hard life situation and porn is the thing that's already been implanted in their mind as the thing that's exciting and the thing that they need. So it's definitely not fair. Satan doesn't play fair and he goes after our kids. And so it's so good that you're doing what you're doing. Marilyn, what are some signs or maybe behavioral changes that a parent can look for to see whether or not their kid has already started watching pornography habitually? Well, the behavior changes won't necessarily identify a problem with pornography, but Parents should be aware of behavior changes and not dismissive that that's just a phase that their child is going through. And, you know, once he's, she is past the teen, then we get to, you know, get along again. So that said, I do, I am always hypersensitive to the fact that pornography could be the issue. And we don't want to skirt around that. So the problem with pornography, and you've probably addressed this on your on your show many times, is that it starts to uh, impact the way you see the world around you. And it can really suck the joy out of your life. For a young kid who's, let's say we're talking about a 12 to 14-year-old, 
It should be just love and life and, you know, engaging with his friends, her friends. If you see any kind of despondency, that's a sign that there is something going on in that child's life. And if they're closing up and not talking to you, that's a sign that there's something going on. You can't necessarily jump to the conclusion that that's pornography, that the problem, that's the problem. But if they have a device, you should be, there's, there's measures to be taken to, to make sure that they're, they're not running into that kind of trouble. We're talking about like some of those things that we need to be aware of um, behavior wise, but we were also talking about Matt and I, we broke down social media a few podcasts ago. Um, and I'm sure this is something, Marilyn, that you're seeing, but the world we raise our kids in is so different, so rapidly changing. Access has never been easier. And the way that people can tie into some of these things, you know, like you, you talked about portals, there's so many portals that people can enter into. And it's pretty overwhelming when we break it down. But can you give a little bit of an awareness piece about the world that we're in? We're talking about screens. We're talking about devices, social media. Um, what have you seen in, the, in this area that maybe parents need to be aware of? Okay. So when I give the example of the five-year-old, you know, that that's how a young kid is going to come across pornography uh, completely, purely accidentally. Now, once they become tweens and we're handing de- them devices, hopefully we're not handing them the devices too too quickly. I, I'm all for waiting. My kids don't have cell phones or smartphones until they've gone to high school. Um, I've got a 12 year old in the home and we're yet to see if we, if we change the rule with that one, because as technology changes, so do, so do how we parent, you know, let's set aside pornography for a bit. The world that they of constant communication is really tough on young kids. They're, they're, they're connecting with their friends all the time through, through messenger apps. And it it can wear down on a person because their friends have troubles and issues and they're trying to help and solve them. And so that puts them in a place of vulnerability, in my opinion, that if they're constantly online, if they're constantly either trying to keep up with what's going on in the social media world, or they're constantly trying to solve their friend problem, you're adding vulnerability to an already very vulnerable time of your life. And then enter pornography and it hits them as it's a double whammy. It's just like, you know, this makes me feel good. This is a release. Yeah, it's almost not even fair, kids and technology. I mean, we got to be so careful and knowledgeable as well with the devices that we put in their hands. I mean, they have no idea the power for good or for destruction that's in their hands when they're holding the phone. So, so yeah, we've got to be so careful and and uh, be aware of the apps that they're on. Definitely. Do you have any stats, Marilyn, about kids and pornography? Just the frequency um, or anything maybe that would be valuable for parents to hear? There's going to be various stats out there, but I really thought that this. One study that was done by the BBFC, and they surveyed about 2,000 kids and their parents. And 75% of the parents interviewed believed that their children had not yet seen online pornography. So three quarters of the parents thought, nope, no way. And 
when they asked the kids, more than half of them had. So more than 50% had actually seen online pornography. And those kids, believe, were between the ages of 12 and 17. Yeah, the numbers are staggering and it's an epidemic in this world. And so if you're a parent listening and you haven't had the conversation with your child, maybe you think that they're they're not exposed to porn, um, have the conversation. You might be surprised and if you're not surprised, you'll be thankful. (laughs) And so either way, it's a good thing. And so have those conversations. And in order to equip you to do that well, next week with Marilyn, we're going to get really practical and she's going to go through some things on how parents can have these conversations in an effective way when they can have the conversation how frequent we bring it up all the practical stuff that you need with Marilyn we're going to go through next week and so make sure to tune in Marilyn thanks for your time this week and we're excited to chat again thanks for listening if you would like to hear more please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe this podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers if you would like to help support the cause financially once again please visit purevictorypodcast.com